I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. We just got a, an email from proud pod program participant Wendy from New Haven, Connecticut. And this says, birthday suit parties are now all the rage in college. Wendy says, naked parties are the number one thing to do in your final year at Yale. Evidently, the students hold about eight naked parties a year, and Wendy says they are life-changing experiences. Now, this is her quote. She says, the dynamic is completely different from a clothed party. People are so conscious of how they're coming across that conversations tend to be very sophisticated at our naked parties. People discuss philosophy and the serious concerns they have about the future. End quote. Hey, I, I think Wendy's note makes it really obvious that we need naked government. Think about it. There's way too much partisan party political drivel coming out of our politicians. Come on, drop the drivel, guys. No more partisan parties. From now on, only birthday suit parties. We've proven it at Yale. If you get naked, your statements will become sophisticated and philosophical. And you can really get into the serious concerns about the future. Don't you think the nation would prosper with a naked Congress? Now, on the other hand, think about this. How many of us really love our country enough to be willing to watch Teddy Kennedy naked on the 630 News? That's a lot to ask of any citizen. But never fear. Even if Teddy Kennedy is involved, Wendy says these birthday suit parties aren't sexual. And right up to there, I thought this was a pretty good idea. You go to a co-ed party naked and it's not sexual? What a waste, Wendy. Come on, kids. You're only young and irresponsible once. Once. Then you get to look like all the rest of us. Wrinkles, all that kind of stuff. We didn't have birthday suit parties when I was in college. Some of the guys went on panty raids to the nearby girls' schools. And without getting into too many steamy details, my strategy was always to wait until the raid was over, see? And then I'd come back when the guys had swiped all the girls' panties. But well, never mind. I go my eyebrows again. I hate that. See, what's left of my brain swims around in this testosterone solution in my head. And there's a little guy up there who's supposed to be in charge of keeping everything under control. But when my mind goes off in certain directions, he gets so concerned about my viagral parts that he doesn't even notice my eyebrows. And they go flipping around like mad. And that's why I have never been able to get away with saying, Hello, baby. And things like that, you know, to my lady wonder wench. Because my eyebrows always go flipping around and she starts laughing. And that's embarrassing. But actually, I found that's really okay in the long run. Because, guys, pay attention to this. I have found that if you can get a lady laughing, and I'm talking about laughing, you know, real physical belly buster kind of laughing, you got a good chance of getting her to also participate in other physical activities with you. Just a little experience here. Something to think about next time you're choosing between saying something sophisticated or something funny at a birthday suit party. 
However, proud pod program people, in the next couple of sentences, Wendy proves that she needs to take a couple of more biology courses before graduation because she says, quote, Last year, one of the girls accused one of the guys she had met at a birthday suit party of following her home and making unwanted advances, end quote. Wendy, Wendy, it's, it's like a field trip. It's like show and tell, a learning experience. Now, come on, you go to a party full of naked 20-year-old guys and girls pumping hormones and pheronemes, you know, and music and beer and... And sometimes eyebrows or even other body parts will react in unsophisticated ways. How do you think we invented the boogaloo? Or for those of us who are a little bit more mature, the Louie Louie. Remember that? Louie Louie. Uh, and everybody said, ooh, because we all thought we knew the words. And there, <laughs> there weren't any. <laughs> uh, speaking of those of us who are a little more mature, the Louie Louie generation. Thank you for those of you who weighed in on the proposed new story album about guys like me who remember Louis Louis fondly. Most of you said you like the idea of stories about love past the age of 30, but you aren't so sure about the title that I've been considering. Keep clapping hands for Tinkerbell. A lot of you figured that nobody's going to understand what I'm talking about. Well, we'll keep working on it. And thank you for your thoughts. And if you come up with some better title suggestions, please drop them off to me at dick at dicksummer.com. Play another cut that'll probably make it into the new album in just about a minute. Meantime, let's get to some Dick's Details. Dick's Details, interesting but totally unimportant items to squeeze into your brain to push out those important things that are keeping you awake. Leonardo da Vinci invented contact lenses in the 15th century, but they weren't manufactured till the 20th century. So I guess Leo must have dropped one on the carpet and couldn't find it for a few hundred years. Wilbur and Orville Wright had two other brothers, Lauren and Ruchlin, but only Wilbur and Orville were called Mr. Wright in the history books. The Disney Company introduced the character Goofy in 1932. Then, I guess it was in the 80s, 1980s, he updated the concept by introducing Tom Cruise. Dick's details. They take your mind off your mind. <music> Birthday suit parties. Big deals on college campuses these days. But sometimes people a lot older than college kids have surprise birthday suit parties of their own. And this is a story called The Headhunter from that new personal audio CD that I'm working on right now about people from the Louis Louis generation. A good headhunter is a genuinely dangerous guy. He's deadly. He's a street fighter. And that's you. You find jobs for high-powered executives. You're good at it. Maybe the best. You love it. You love the excitement. You love the challenge. You love the money. The money and the toys, those are the headhunter's trophies. Condo on the beach. A personal jet. Garage full of fancy automobiles but you're also a nice guy 
So you were glad to introduce a friend of yours to exactly the right person to fill an important opening in his company. You didn't take a fee for that one. You made it a birthday present to him. And she was a perfect fit. Right from the first day. Smart. Driven. Well-connected. She was so perfect and they worked so well together, as a matter of fact, that they fell in love. That happens. But it made a problem for you and for your wife because you and your wife have known your friend and his wife since you double dated in college. When he told you what was happening, you were very glad that he was so obviously happy. You might have been just a little jealous of the passion that his new mistress brought to his life. And for some reason, you couldn't help feel sorry for his wife as she watched 15 years of marriage melt away in their amazing lust. That surprised you because you never really liked his wife. Maybe she was a little bit too much like you. Headstrong, clever, a little bit ruthless. She had an annoying habit of blowing loose strands of hair out of her eyes with a quick jet of breath. She did that because she didn't have time to do it with her hands. They were always busy doing something else. On a summer night that started out innocently enough, you and your wife invited her to dinner at your beach house. They were friends. You felt a little bit out of place. After all, you were the one who introduced her husband to the woman who became his mistress. So after dinner, you decided to leave the women to talk things over. And you went for a walk by the ocean. It was a soft summer night. The tide was out, and there was an almost full moon. You built a bonfire. You kicked off your shoes and lay down and just stretched out on the sand. It was the first time in a long time that you just let go. You started thinking about your own marriage. It was mostly okay, except for the affair that your wife had for about six months with her boss. You almost lost her. But when he tried to get her to leave you, she told you about it instead. Naturally, you were angry because she had slept with another man. But you were also relieved because she told you about it. You were kind of proud because she chose you over him. You both decided to be intelligent about it, to use your heads to put things back together again. But it never completely worked out. Things were always just a little off-center ever since then. Like a day that starts out in a strange town with the wrong radio station on your clock alarm. You knew she was there before you saw her. You could feel her watching you as she walked toward you carrying her high heel shoes and swinging her hips in that smooth, confident way that you found almost insulting. She said, your wife has gone to bed and I wanted to thank you for dinner and your hospitality before I go. The ocean breeze was playing in her long, soft, loose-fitting, simple dark blue dress, lifting it in quick little puffs, silhouetting quick glimpses of her body's slopes and curves against the firelight. She was smiling that irritating smile of hers. She had startlingly white teeth and soft, muscular lips that obviously 
had a challenge about them. But the biggest challenge was in her eyes. It was almost an animal challenge, and it, it bothered you. That self-confident boldness in her eyes. And then the firelight did a curious thing. It caught in her eyes for just a moment a hurt, frightened little girl inside that proud, angry, self-disciplined woman. And when that happened, suddenly your hunter's instincts kicked in and everything went into a kind of a slow motion. All of your senses magnified the things around you and you caught a trace of her perfume in the ocean air and the sand became satin soft. The ocean was a rumble somewhere in the dark and her voice was making small half words only fingertips away. Her skin looked cool but her eyes were warm and shining in the firelight and moist around the edges as if she were sweating inside. You're a bright guy. You're headstrong, you're ruthless. You're a dangerous hunter. And you understand this deadly game. It could cost you your home, your marriage, all the things you love, all the trophies of an entire lifetime's hunting. But her lips were soft and muscular in the summer night. And her eyes flashed an animal challenge in the firelight. And most important, a hurt little girl looked up from your arms and smiled. And in the end, the heart is still the deadliest hunter of them all. That's called The Headhunter. It's from the New Story CD. Working title is Keep Clapping Hands for Tink. Hope you like it. If you do, we'll go on back to DickSummer.com and scope out the story CDs that are up and ready to go. Well, what have we learned? Lots of people don't seem to understand that they're only young once. Once! Come on, kids, don't waste it. If you're invited to a birthday suit party, be sophisticated. Talk low. Talk slow. Try to keep your eyes and your eyebrows under control. And be careful. Especially if it becomes a party for two on the beach on a soft summer night. Time to tuck you in now. 
I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.